The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back, Boomos. I hope that you guys are all doing well. So the other day I was watching my two-year-old Colette get dressed on her own, fully independent, taking off her own clothes, putting it into the hamper, getting her new clothes out, changing into her new clothes, doing her skincare, brushing her teeth. And then I realized, wow, this girl is actually super independent. And I realized how important responsibilities for kids at a young age is. And honestly, just to be completely transparent, I did not do that with my oldest kid, Chloe, which I'll get into in this episode. And there are obvious kind of differences as they are growing up, both of the girls. But anyways, they say that giving your kids responsibilities is the number one way to raise non-entitled kids. I mean, come on, no one wants an entitled kid. I think that is like the parent's worst nightmare. We live in a world era generation where we have a lot of options as adults and as kids. And if we want something, we can get it instantly without waiting within a snap of a finger. I mean, Amazon Prime, anyone? (laughs) Anyways, so I wanted to do an episode on raising non-entitled kids in an entitled world, aka how to not raise a brat. Anyway, so I thought it would be appropriate to invite my friend Sai De Silva. Many of you may know Sai from her blog or her Instagram account, Scout the City. She is a full-time content creator and a mother to two kids. She's a full-time content creator and a mother to two beautiful kids. We have a really open conversation on teaching kids the concept of money, earning money, spending money, responsibilities and chores, and learning how to fail and lose. With that said, here's our conversation. Sai, my girl, it is so good to see you. I have not seen you in so long, um, but thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I know. It's, I'm so happy to see your face. I'm so happy that we're like seeing faces, even though it's on a Zoom situation. But most of the time we see each other in passing, especially like around Fashion Week and, and, and those times. So it's great to kind of connect and just chat again. I know. I'm like counting down the days, like the next trip I can take to New York because it's just been so, so long. But hopefully very, very soon. I'm I'm itching to go to New York. Oh, I would love you. Let me know. Please come over. I just yes. got outdoor chairs. I would love to have you over. Amazing. I'll I, I'll be staying there, basically. I love your house, by the way. I've been stalking you on Instagram and I'm like, she has the nicest house in I New York City that I know. Oh, amazing. Well, I won't be I won't be leaving then in that case. <laughs> okay, so before we get into this episode and talk about something that I am very excited to talk about, I want to know what is the most memorable parenting moment that you've had? It could be as raw, silly, like anything. I feel like I have a lot of memorable parenting moments, right? I think when when you think of parents or even growing up, when I thought about parents, I didn't think that they're so much older and so perfect and so wise, but they're really just figuring shit out like me. Like no one really knows what's going on. Um, my son in general cannot leave my side when I'm in the bathroom. So he has this issue. Like, even if I'm in there doing my business, like he needs to like look underneath the crack of the door and put his hand in there. So now he has figured out how to open the door. Well, he will go and sit while I'm on the toilet in like a cross, like applesauce, crisscross applesauce. And he wants to sit there and just talk to me and look into my eyes. And I'm like, hmm, this is very uncomfortable for me. I'm like trying to like do my thing here. And you're like in my face. He does that. And he likes to answer the door when we get deliveries naked. Oh, like that's his favorite thing. And he. (laughs) 
I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that the Amazon and FedEx people know who you are and your son by now. They uh, look so, <laughs> they look so terrified. Like they don't know if they should run, like drop the package. And he like stands there with his hands on his waist, and he's like, "Yeah, just deliver the package." Oh, I could just picture this. This is like boss baby. Like <laughs> yeah. this is my house. I'm naked. It's all good. Please give me my package. <laughs> give me my package. I'm like, honey, you have to go ahead and put your uh, privates in your, <laughs> you have to contain that area over there. I mean, kids are kids. So, I mean, those are pretty, the most memorable things. There's tons, but oh, mind that happened on the regular. It's those two. Moments. I mean, going back to kind of your first one, which was sitting or your son sitting by the toilet side, just like watching you. Um, my daughter does that too. And at first I was like, this is like, cause I use the toilet time TMI as my time. Like I'm usually on Instagram. That's like where I'm hiding and on the phone. Right. But then all of a sudden this little child is just like staring at you in the eyes and you're just like, uh, this is really just, in, this is intrusive. This is my space. This is my time. Y'all need to leave. 100%. The house that I was living at previously did not have a lock. So it was just like... Free for all. Free for all. Yeah. But now I do have a lock. So I'm very grateful for that lock. (laughs) I mean, it really makes a difference. I need to figure out like a whole... Like I need to hide in a different bathroom or something because he like really comes for me. And I'm like... Oh. Okay. So how old are your kids? So my daughter is nine. She'll be 10 in September. And my son is... I can't believe she's almost 10. I feel like I was watching your daughter grow up on the gram and she was probably, I mean, she was young. She was young. And I feel like that when I discovered you, which was many, many years ago, she was around Colette's age. Was it Colette's age or Chloe's age? She might've been Chloe's age. Cause I think we started Chloe's age. Yeah. And then three, we really like when no, but Chloe's six now. Colette's three. So I, I feel like she was more towards like the three to four age group when I discovered you. And she's a teen. She's a full, blo- not full blown because she's 10. She's not quite there yet. But she is so grown. She is so beautiful. Thank I mean, you. I'm sure you have your own kind of concerns raising such a beautiful child in New York City. But I mean, I feel like you're doing it all. You're doing it so, so well. And the topic that I want to talk to you about today specifically was something that I feel very strongly about, which is raising unentitled kids in an entitled world, which is basically, as you called it earlier, how to not raise a brat. (laughs) (laughs) And it's tough, right? Because I come from a world where I didn't have money growing up. I didn't, for me, it was just getting things that I wanted was not an option. It was like, if you wanted something, you either work hard to get it. Or if I was young, like they're my kid's age, like I would have to wait Christmas time or something where I get that one particular special gift a year or on my birthday. Whereas nowadays, these kids are kind of like, we hit target. And then next thing you know, we, we walk out with the whole Hot Wheels aisle. Yeah. And it's it's a completely different generation. But I think my mindset is because of the way I grew up, I kind of instilled that into my children. And I do catch myself doing a lot of, do you know, when I was your age, which I never thought that I would do. (laughs) I do that a lot today. Like, damn, this is exactly what my parents did. And I told myself I would never do this. And I'm doing it. 100%. Feel you on that. (laughs) But it is, you know, the the kids are are fortunate enough to be exposed to things that I was never exposed to, especially like you, as well as you, you know, we both work in the fashion industry. We get gifted a lot and it's like Christmas almost every single day. And, you know, a lot of times there are things for the kids or there's even Disney stuff. Like it's like, Hey, Cruella just came out and we're getting these elaborate Disney boxes. And, you know, this is the norm for my kids. So I have to constantly go behind them and be like, you know, this is actually not the norm. This is like, you know, this is a privilege. You know, we do constantly talk about it. But one of the things that we do talk about quite often is just being kind. Like that goes a long way in our house. You know, my kids, I'm very fortunate because my daughter's very, very sensitive and she picks up on other people's emotions. So she knows when someone's hurting or not feeling well, she really does step in there and she's kind of like, hey, can I play with you if she sees someone not, you know, being made fun of or something like that? So we got very fortunate with that, but also making sure that they understand a work ethic. 
I think is very important for me. And because my daughter so early on started modeling, she started modeling at two. She understood like, okay, I'm making my own money. However, we do not allow her to just go ham and buy everything. Cause at the moment she was like obsessed with Roblox, you know, and they're buying Robux with their money. I'm like, wait, hold on. We can't spend a million bucks on video games. Like it's not, there's no ROI here. It's not going to work out. So, I mean, in general, you know, most kids have chores and things like that. And I try my best to instill that, but sometimes I'll be very honest. It's just easier for me to clean up versus me trying to like, you know what I mean? And I feel bad because I'm like, she really should learn how to do it. But at the same time, her work ethic is a little bit different. She, um, she earns her own money and she gets a certain amount of money that she can spend per week based on how much she works. So she started working at a young age, modeling, and I remember those days. And was it something that she considered it work? Because I know she was so young when she started working, but for her, was it kind of the concept of doing something fun or was it work and earning money? I think we kind of told her it was work and earning money very early on. Even though she was having fun, especially all the shoots where there are other kids and she got to play with them. For example, Target, they always did an amazing job with the kids and they all played together and it was the same kids all the time. So for her, it was fun, but she knew she was also working. So same thing, like if she knew she was working, she wouldn't go to school and say, hey, everybody, I had a photo shoot and I gained money. Like we've made it where it's that's your personal business and that's something that you keep you know, among our family. And when you're at school, you're just a kid having fun and it's completely different. Have you ever felt sluggish, lethargic, low on energy, low sex drive, sleepy, or not being able to sleep, anxious? I mean, I certainly have. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out what was wrong with me. I tried to eat better, work out more, sleep earlier. And though it did help out in the short term, in the long term, I felt the same until I got to the root of it. And the root of my low energy was not from what I thought it was. So before I tell you guys what was the root of my low energy, let me tell you how I actually found out. And that is BASE. BASE is an easy at-home lab testing. I discovered it a while ago and heard some people talk about it and I needed to try it out for myself. BASE is a new company making lab testing affordable, convenient, and accessible for everyone. And they are completely changing how people get to the root of their persistent health issues or stay on top of their body data. Have you ever thought, oh, I should set up a doctor's appointment to get a blood test to make sure everything is okay or to see what's wrong? But have you ever done it? Have you? I'm assuming no, if you're just like me. You know that you should, but who really has time to do so? With BASE, you can finally find out what's causing that brain fog, sleep issues, low sex drive, or weight loss. Plus, get a personalized plan to improve your systems. So, how does it work? BASE sends you results straight to your phone with a clear score from poor to great. So, you don't have to struggle to decipher a lab test, lab results that only your doctor can read. And it also shows you with a personalized plan outlining tips you can take to improve your score. BASE lets you choose from five key areas that affect your quality of life, stress, energy, sex, diet, and sleep. So for starters, you pick one or more areas to investigate and they will send you an easy lab kit right to your door. You take the test, which literally takes minutes to do, and you ship it back to them. It was literally the easiest thing I've ever done. And they send you the results right on your phone through the BASE app. I just got my results back and oh my gosh, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I picked the category of energy as it sometimes fluctuates for me, but I got a score of 64 which is good as they would call it, but it did tell me that my vitamin D level is slightly low and vitamin D is essential in producing insulin, which controls blood sugar levels. And a deficiency can make me feel fatigued. That makes so much sense. Also, my HbA1c levels are slightly high. That is typically rooted in eating too many refined sugars and carbs. I mean, whoops. Being at a 63% HbA1c score means that I might be having some trouble metabolizing sugar, which is used as my primary source of energy, leading me to have brain fog. Ah, 
okay, this is all making sense now. What I love about BASE is that it doesn't just tell you what the root of your problem is, but they also help you with how to fix your hormone and vitamin levels. And they send you different recommendations for your nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle habits that are all related to your results. So what are you guys waiting for? This is way too easy to get back on track with your health. You can sign up today and save 20% off your first month of membership with code BUMO. A BASE membership starts at $59.95 a month or quarterly, depending on how frequently you want to test and optimize. Visit get-base.com forward slash BUMO to learn more or enter the code BUMO at checkout to save 20% off. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. So I like that she started earning money at a young age. Now, how did you teach her kind of the, now she understands like how to earn money, right? Like you work equals earning money, right? But then comes the conversation of, okay, do we save this or do we spend this as you were kind of mentioning earlier? So that comes the responsibility of earning money, right? So how did that conversation go with her? So this is fun. This is what we do with, so she sits down with her dad and she's allowed to pick stocks. So she ah. has a portfolio and she's, you know, he explains because he he trades for fun and, you know, he explains that whole process to her. So she's allowed to pick where she would like her money to go and then her investment and et cetera, how she's returning, what's the percentage. So she learns that along the way, she checks them every morning with her dad. So she's she's got Mattel and she's got Disney and she's got Amazon. So she kind of gets that idea. But what we have done that we found works the best is she has a budget. This is a play play budget, mind you. So we give her a play pay budget. So we'll say she started off with $700. So we're like, here's $700. We give her play money of $700. We need you to write down all of your expenses. So you have to, with that $700, you have to pay your rent. You have to pay groceries. Um, if you want anything in particular, clothes, et cetera, whatever, it has to come out of your $700 budget. So she kept, cut, like, she would be like, well, and then we're like, oh, don't forget health insurance. Health insurance threw her <laughs> over the edge. Health insurance threw her over the edge. She was like, I need another job. I can't afford health insurance. This country's crazy if they think I can make this much money. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I was trying to take real life. Like what I said, what does mommy and daddy pay for? So we showed her all the, we didn't show her the amounts, but you know, I don't want her to ever get caught up on amounts and, and be afraid, but like we gave it to her in a way where she understood it and how much money was she making and how she can afford to take care of herself. That is incredible. And at what age did you introduce this concept to her? We just started this recently at eight. So at eight, okay. Now, when she okay. could understand exactly what was going on. Okay. It's funny because Chloe, my oldest, she's six. She'll be seven in a few months. But she's starting to understand the concept of money, right? So whenever we go out and um, I'm purchasing things or buying things for the house, this is something I'm working on, but I'll say things like, oh, it's so expensive or oh, like, oh, I'm spending so much money on X, Y, and Z, right? And she'll look at me and be like, oh, mommy, I have money. I could buy it for you. I'm like, but can you? Can you actually buy this for me? But... <laughs> But I just laugh because now it's at a point where she understands the power of money, right? She understands that, oh, okay, with this money that I have in my piggy bank, I could actually buy things. Are we there at the budgeting yet? No, I, I think that maybe within the next year or two. But I just, I find it fascinating at such a young age that they're, they could see the, I think the connectors of how money can purchase things, buy things, give you things that you want. And so I'm having to navigate those conversations with her. And I just love, love that you're one, teaching her about investing, right? Because I think a lot of kids don't understand the concept of that, yet alone adults, right? Like I learned how to invest way later on in my like 
early thirties. <laughs> I mean, I just basically learned like a few years ago because of my husband. It's right. It's some things that you're just not really, if your parents aren't really on it, you just have to learn yourself. And at, when do you learn by yourself? So yeah. And then this also kind of goes back to the, I guess, the subject of what are some of the red flags. And I was reading and I was listening to some experts on this and they're saying, and again, I'm not an expert. I can only just share with my own kind of personal experience with my kids. But the number one thing I keep hearing over and over again is giving them responsibility and chores, right? And it's never, they could start as young as three years old, two years old even. And so that was actually something that I never really did with Chloe, my first, because she was my first, I coddled her and I didn't really give her responsibilities versus my second, Colette. She has a ton of responsibilities. She's only, she's not even three. She's almost three. She'll be three in a month. And she has no problem doing them, right? Like she's already used to taking her play back to the sink every single day because that is just what she does now after she eats a meal. But with Chloe, because I started so much later, um, I probably, just to be really transparent, I probably started realizing that this girl possibly can be entitled. So I have to start changing things. And I didn't really realize that until she was about like four and a half, about a year and a half ago. And at that point, not that it's too late, it's never too late, but like I had to undo a lot of things because she was not used to doing them. She was not used to having chores. She was not used to having these responsibilities, like small things like she didn't want to dress herself. I'm like, girlfriend, you, your little sister is dressing herself. She's freaking two years old. She could take off her clothes, put her own clothes on. She could put on her own shoes and you're you're six and you want me to do everything for you. I'm like, uh-uh, this is not happening. This has got to change. This has got to change. And so again, I'm not perfect. And I realized that with my first, I was like, oh, I let a lot of things slide. And mainly because I was a new mom, I didn't really know that these are the things that I had to do. But yes, absolutely. Like responsibility, chores are so, so important. Once they have that confidence that they are a part of the household. I got this, I don't know if you've seen my stories lately, but I got this toy Dyson vacuum cleaner for the girls. And it actually, it actually works. Like it, I have it here. Give me a second. I'm going to bring it. No, I need it. Okay, I have to show this on camera because this is a toy Dyson and I got it because I thought it was a toy and I was like, oh, how cute. It looks like my Dyson vacuum, right? But it actually works works, and it picks up dust, which is it? I don't even know. Oh, I'm going to get this for the kids. My but son- like, You could pick up the dust, but it it's not, it doesn't like, it doesn't really pick up that much. But again, it's just this whole idea and theory of, okay- you have your responsibilities. Your job is to vacuum your room every single Sunday, even if it's a toy vacuum for now, because I just want them to get into the habit of, you know, taking care of themselves and, you know, having these responsibilities. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I think it's, I think it's absolutely great. I mean, I, I was in the same boat with London for so long. I didn't coddle her. I mean, I've always kind of, especially because she worked so young, I've kind of always been like, all right, girl, like, let's go, let's go. But I've never been on top of her to like actually clean up her own mess, which was something that I should have definitely been on top of her. I mean, no parent is perfect. Like we're all trying to just wing it out here, you know, and do the best that we can. Um, But she is definitely cleaning up after herself. She's because of the age difference of my children, it's five and a half years. I think having a younger brother for her has really, really helped with, you know, she brushes his teeth. She helps with putting him to bed. Um, she's so, she has these motherly instincts to see in a nine-year-old is so, it's amazing. That's and she incredible. Just, yeah, she'll dress him or this morning, you know, I was trying to get the kids out for, for camp, out of the door for camp. And, you know, I'm like, can you put on your his socks and shoes? And she's like, yeah, sure. You know, so there are other ways that she's helping out versus her just, you know, doing her chores or cleaning. Again, because she does have a job, I kind of tend to slap on the other things, even though I should be a little bit better. My son, on the other hand, he gets away with murder. I think it's because he's a boy and I'm just like, I never believe the whole like mom and boy situation. I didn't understand a mama's boy, like to be a grown man and like be obsessed with your mother. I just did not get it. 
And then I had a boy and I was like, the boy could do no wrong. The poor boy, like you're going to yell at your daughter like crazy. And then the son, it's like, he's some golden child. (laughs) That's so interesting. I keep hearing that from all my friends that have boys and they're just like, oh yeah, soft spot for boys. Yeah. Mama's boy. I, I never, and I, now I understand it's like this little boy, he bites me in the butt and karate chops me every single day. And I'm like, Oh, that's his love language. That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. He could do no wrong, but you know what? We do make sure like his manners are on point. He is learning to, he definitely cleans his plate. He watches what his sister does. So he kind of, she sets the example and he'll go after her. The only thing he is a little bit lazy on is kind of like not picking up his toys. He like is the worst with that. It's always like one or the other, I feel like. One or the other. Another thing that helped me too was sending them to uh, daycare early on. They both went to daycare pretty early and their daycare is very strict with cleaning up after yourself and kind of everybody does their part and takes like... You have to pack your own bag, like you take your own shoes off, you put your own shoes on for daytime, for evening time, outdoor time. Even if they can't tie their shoe, they have to manually like do these things on their own, which I thought was really great. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the early childhood learnings besides kind of like the basics is responsibility. It's actually learning to do things on your own, tying your shoelace. By the way, like that was a whole thing. And kids don't really know how to tie their shoelaces, I realized in this generation, because it's all like Velcro and strap-ons and like slip-ons. And I just taught my oldest daughter how to tie a shoelace, but it was a whole thing. And I'm like, you need to learn. And she's like, no one wears shoelaces at school. And I'm like, but you need to learn. I don't care. My daughter's nine and she comes home and like, they're all like, hanging out they're they're not tied I'm like what happened she physically cannot tie her shoelaces properly it's so interesting I mean like I feel so old saying this but it's totally a generational thing like how they are being raised is completely different how our parents raised us and so it's just figuring out a middle point right where we don't seem crazy and have all these crazy expectations of them, but also teaching them the fundamentals and the basics, um, even though if they don't need to t- learn how to tie their shoelace. Um, another no, we're th- gonna seem crazy because we're yeah. the parents. Yeah, That's of the, course. We're the parents. I think oh, we're cooler though than our parents, in my I opinion. Think so too, but <laughs> London told me I'm not cool one bit. So like, <laughs> I mean, does London know who her mom is? That's I was what like, your mom's pretty cool. She was like, in what world? I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. I know. One of my fondest memories growing up as a kid was when my dad and I would sit down and do these activities together. He would teach me about gravity and electricity through his little DIY projects. He was always super hands-on, still is. I loved spending the time with him, but I also loved discovering the world through these tangible lessons. Granted, he was an engineer, so everything was incredibly technical, but I usually understood the point that he was trying to make. Our childhood experiences impact who we are today just like our investment in childhood education. So why not gift your young innovators super cool STEAM projects to nurture their curiosity and exploration outside the classroom? With KiwiCo subscription, your child gets a new crate full of fun science and art projects every single month for trailblazing toddlers to more experienced explorers and every stage in between. So this past week, I worked on a new project from KiwiCo with Chloe, and that is robots and coding. It included everything that we needed from the game board, 20 tiles, paper flags, track pieces, assembly hits, wooden robot pieces, sticky foam pieces, paper rabbit pieces, pipe cleaners, puzzle cards, arrow cards, programming board, and so much more. Literally everything that you need. The value of this box is so amazing and all the products are super high quality material and it also includes a step-by-step instruction. The diversity in projects are quite incredible as there are so many options and honestly, the priceless memories that were created from it when we were working on this project together is something that I will cherish forever and hopefully Chloe will too. It's really a bonding moment, which reminds me so much of when my dad and I were working on projects together. What I love most about the project is that it's challenging enough where Chloe had to really use her brain and creative thinking to make it work. It encouraged her to problem solve, but also use her imagination. 
Chloe loved seeing her own creation come to life. The joy and satisfaction that it brought Chloe when she actually did it and completed it was really remarkable and just so exciting for me as a parent to witness. And also I saw her confidence skyrocket. This was Chloe's second crate and she is hooked. And honestly, so am I. And look, I know how hard it is to keep kids busy and screen-free, especially during this time of year, but I really believe it's important to stretch out their little brains at a young age. KiwiCo does a legwork for you, so you can spend more quality time tackling projects together. Everything your child needs for the project is included in every crate, so they can get started right away. The crates include one to two larger projects or two to three smaller projects, all tied together by an engaging theme. There's something for kids of all ages. And honestly, the best part about it is watching your little one's confidence grow as big as their smiles. Everything is shipped right to your door and there's no commitment so you can pause or cancel at any time. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every single month. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash bumo. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash bumo. So I put up, I'm redoing the girls' room and I put up my, because Mattel made a Barbie out of me and I put my Mattel Barbie in their room, of course, like any mother would, right in the middle of their um, kind of bookshelf in the middle top. So they realize that the mother is the boss. Yeah, uh, that's and, a big deal. And I was like, this is a Barbie and it's it's me. And they're like, and? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, excuse me, I worked real hard for this. <laughs> they don't care. Big deal. I they don't, don't know. They're not going to appreciate that until they're in their 20s. Totally. Okay. Another thing that I had a really hard time with and still kind of navigating this, which is something that I heard. Um, I actually heard from Dr. Aliza Goodman. She was on my podcast before and she's an incredible child therapist. And she said, teaching a kid how to lose and being okay with that. Um, That is one of the biggest kind of red flags. They say, if your child is not okay with losing, that is something that can lead up to becoming entitled or not leading up, but can be a sign of having a little bit of entitlement within them. And that was a really big thing for me with Chloe, because for whatever reason, she had a really, really hard time losing. Like she would just throw a fit. She would have meltdowns, especially once her sister came in the picture. Oh my God. Like she could not lose. So we we would actually make it worse by pretending that she would win all the time. And then I realized that that was actually making the whole situation worse. So now we just kind of let her be and let her be in her emotions and deal with that and be okay with it. But it's still a thing for us. And teaching them how to lose. I don't know. I don't know the psychology behind it. I'm sure that um, a therapist can tell us the reasonings behind why it's so hard for kids to lose. But I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that before. I don't think we've ever had to actually deal with the losing part. I mean, we're very competitive over here, like the family in general. We did sports. I did sports. So him and I are also very competitive with one another. We have a very competitive nature. My daughter is also very competitive. She runs, she's the ballet dancer. So she's also, but when she loses, she seems to be okay with it. I think the hardest issue we've ever had so far was, for example, she auditioned for ballet summer intensive for this summer. It was a few months ago. I was out shooting and I get a phone call. My, my husband cannot deal with, if you lose, basically failure. If you're failing, that's fine. You fall. And my husband always says, I will be there to pick you up as long as you try again. So she gave up. And I think he just freaked out, calls me. I can't deal with this. And your daughter's just freaking out. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a shoot. I don't, I have to go to the side. I'm like, okay, what's going on? She's crying. You know, oh. she got nervous in the, in the, it was a Zoom audition. She was nervous in the Zoom audition. It was too hard. So I just hung up and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's like, you can't hang up in the middle of the, so I, you know what? I just talked her off the ledge. I was very, very patient and calming, nurturing. And I was like, your father is right. We don't deal with failure. If you're going to fail, that is okay. Take what you've learned from that. 
get up and try again. And so she, my, my husband ended up like not helping her get back into the Zoom call. She figured it out on her own. She calmed down. She figured it out. She logged back in. She did the best job and she ended up getting into the program. That's amazing. What an awesome story. It was, I was like, I'm so, so I said, do you see? And and then my husband apologized to her for freaking out. And we talked about it as a family. We talked about that failure is okay. And you know, the best fail in life and that's okay. It's basically even businesses, right? You know, the most successful men in the world have failed at least once in their life. And that's learning. That's a learning curve. You take what you've learned from that situation and you apply it to your next business and so forth. So, I mean, I think that's kind of how we look at it. But what I love about the story is that even though your daughter like hung up and got off the Zoom call, you guys didn't really necessarily help her get back in and she had to figure it out and she had to have the courage and find that courage within her to do it herself. And so I think the beauty of the story is not that necessarily she got in, even though that is a happy ending, right? I think the beauty of the story is that she had to figure it out on her own and she was probably after she got accepted, I'm sure she have has this new sense of confidence that she didn't really know that she had within her. And that's really incredible. And I think that's the hardest part for parents is that yeah. you just have to let them fail because it's so easy for us to do everything for them, right? Myself included. It's so much easier for me to do everything for them. And it's so hard to see your little ones, your, your little boy, especially just fall and fail. And that's like the hardest part. But that's part of parenting, right? Can't do it all for them for the rest of their lives. It's like not even normal. I, I, I told my husband, my husband was like, I need you to get away from Rio because he's going to end up being like the 40 year old virgin. You remember that movie? Like the guy has like never got laid and he lives with his parents in his 40s. It's like he needs to be left alone. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is actually my next point, which is learning how to take care of or having them take care of themselves. So another really big, important thing to how to raise unentitled kids is having the kids learn how to take care of themselves, like basic hygiene, like, you know, washing hands, taking a shower, wiping your butt after you go poo, brushing your hair. Right. And so I was reading that and listening about this subject particularly. And I was like, oh my God, I was doing everything for Chloe. I was taking care of her. She was not taking care of herself. Hence the reason why we had such a hard time this past year and a half of her transitioning to doing all of these basic little things like changing herself, right? But I think once they learn how to take care of themselves, it also empowers them to keep going. And so with my youngest one, Colette, I'm just really proud of like all the responsibilities that we kind of laid on her. And she just does it, which is so weird. Like she, so right after we shower, she brushes her teeth and then she, we have this, this really cute little vanity. She sits at her vanity and then she gets her, her little skincare. It's like this pump. And then she like taps her face, something that I knew that I needed to teach her. <laughs> How cute. It's the cutest thing. But again, it's not about beauty. It's about learning how to take care of yourself, right? And then after in the morning, after her moisturizer, she'll go to sunscreen and she'll dot her, even though it's not like all over her face, I just want her to get used to the idea of these steps that she needs to take in order to take care of herself and have that responsibility. So she does moisturizer, sunscreen, and then she brushes her hair and then she comes downstairs. And so... Again, not not comparing because, again, we learn as we go with each kid. But with my oldest, I'm like, man, I did all of this for her. And I'm still asking her to do it like every single day because it's just not instilled in her at a young age. And so if there's any new moms on here listening, especially first-time moms, I know we have a lot of first-time moms listening to this podcast, do not be afraid to give the little ones responsibilities. And that, again, I hate saying regrets because you learn from everything. But one thing that I wish I did earlier on was give Chloe more responsibilities at a younger age. I think we're just also as parents very, I think we don't give our children enough credit. They actually are, they're just little human beings and they are so, these little these little bodies that are so capable of doing so much more than we actually expect them to do. 
And, you know, when I had London too, I, I also was kind of in the same boat until I saw her at daycare. And I saw just even when she turned two, what they were expecting the children to do at two years old. And I was kind of like, but wait, why do you want her to carry her own backpack? It's so heavy. Like, but she's dragging it. I might as well just pick it up. And they would always go, no, mom, she can do this herself. She's capable. And so I would just kind of take some lessons from the teachers and see what they were doing. And then she would come home and recite some of the things that she was learning in school. And I was kind of like, oh, damn, you're good. Like, <laughs> like, wait a minute. You don't, you actually don't need me to do this. Like, you're fine. And Rio's the same way. For example, this morning, I woke the kids up for camp and I'm like, come on, Lenny, you know, your alarm clock is on. But she was actually waking up, you know, as I was there, she was like, it's fine. I was like, so do you want to wear shorts? Or she was like, I would like to get dressed myself, please. You can leave. I was like, but she's like, you can leave. Like, okay. <laughs> so then I go downstairs and, you know, Rio's getting up. I'm like, Rio, let me help you brush your teeth. He's like, I can brush my own teeth. I can brush my own teeth. I was like, am I needed? You're like, okay, I'm just going to go cry in a corner now. No one needs me anymore. It was so funny. You know what? For the first time, I was like, maybe I can enjoy a hot coffee right now. Maybe I won't have to reheat my coffee and I can actually just like maybe relax for a second while everybody just takes care of themselves. It was like the first moment that I, a light bulb went off and I realized like, my kids are capable. Your kids are capable of doing things. We don't need to coddle them. We don't need to constantly be on them. If we start from the very beginning, it's like, but again, like in your case, it's never too late. Never too late. That is mom goals right there. That is, I, oh my God, the day that I could just walk downstairs and for the girls to be able to dress themselves, I think I will cry, like cry because tears of a little bit of sadness because they don't need me anymore, but more so happiness because I'm just so proud. So I, I strive to, to get there one day. <laughs> it's right around the corner, except I still, try, I'm not going to lie, I still try and, and dress linen for certain things because, you know, I work in fashion and her fashion taste sometimes I'm just kind of like, hey. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that right now because your daughter and... I mean, I just can't. You guys have the most amazing outfits. For the life of me, I cannot get my girls to let me. They want me to dress them, but they won't let me pick out the clothes. I'm like, um, excuse me. Like, I should at least be allowed to, you know, have an opinion if I'm going to dress you guys. But nope, they know exactly what they want to wear. And it's usually like a rainbow sparkly dress with rainbow sparkly pants with like rainbow sparkly shoes. And like. Rainbow threw up on them. I've given up. I just, I just let them be. But how, how? Please tell me. No, it's, it's tough. You know what I started doing at a, at a younger age? Well, London didn't really start this until she got a little bit older because she used to just kind of be like, uh, you can put me in whatever. Now she's starting to have a little bit more of opinion. She's really into socks and sandals, like, which is great. Cause that's my vibe too. A loafer in a sock or something. Like Love she's it. really into that. But there's certain things that just kind of she'll come downstairs and I'm like, that really just is a miss for me, London. Can we like change that up just a bit? So every now and then she'll let me dress her. But what I do is I try and make it seem like it's her idea. So I'll put like bring out a couple of outfits and I'm like, would you like this or would you like this? Kind of like I'm giving you an option, but you really don't have many options. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Thing. Like I kind of dwindle down the options or I'll have it set in a situation where it was kind of like there's three outfits or something. And I'm like, oh, this, this, or maybe this, or you know what? I would, I would pick the one that I know she won't pick because I know she'll pick something else that I really like. Ah, so that's like, smart. I kind of like trick it into a way where it is her idea where she's like, no, that's kind of my vibe. That's my idea. And you know, and then when she puts these clothes on, especially after I do her hair, she's feeling herself. Like she wants to take selfies. She's like, my my hair, my outfit, I look so cute. Like she feels good, genuinely feels good about herself. So I think my biggest word of advice is just to make it seem like it's their idea because they love some independence. Because the minute that it's mom's idea, then they don't want it, even though it's a good outfit. They could care less about, it's not about you, it's about them. So I kind of trick her and hopefully she won't listen to this podcast and she'll never know. Yes, kids, if you are Chloe or London, please get off this podcast now. Okay. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> we 
briefly talked about this earlier on, and we live in an era where there's so many options for kids. And even on advertisement, right, for when I'm watching YouTube Kids or these shows for kids on TV, and I'm seeing the amount of ads and how smart these brands do ads now. And, you know, you and I are kind of guilty of this because we are content creators ourselves. So our job is also figure out how to make an ad seem as organic as possible. But the problem with kids, most adults can decipher if it's an ad because hashtag ad or whatever it is, right? But most kids cannot decipher between something organic versus something being sold to them, right? And so more than ever, people are, kids are seeing these, whether it be reviews on toys or whether it be straight advertisement, content, all of a sudden now they're like, I want this, I want that, I want this. And so I don't know, how do you feel about that? Because I feel like there's so much options for kids now, whereas before it's like, okay, there's this one Mattel commercial and that's like what every kid is going to get on the block. Like we don't have any options, right? Um, It's that or like a Nintendo set, like that's it, right? It's tough because again, like you said, it's what we do for a living too, right? So, you know, the kids are watching YouTube. That's what, that's what they do. They, and they, these brands are so smart because they do know how to target children and children have disposable income because of their parents and they are easily influenced by what they see. I mean, my kids make a Christmas list based off of commercials on YouTube. Like I only know what they want because they will write down everything that they see on YouTube ads. And that's what I end up buying. But at the same time, I can't be a hypocrite and say, don't watch those ads. Don't do that. I mean, because, you know, I create those ads as well. I mean, obviously not the same ones. I think I kind of just, it goes back to working hard and you can kind of pick and choose what you want. Um, mm. Even when we go to the store, if they see something that they saw in those ads in the store, when we go to the toy store, it's kind of, you know, I had this issue with Rio the other day. We went to Michael's, by the way. My husband, my kids love Michael's. It's an arts and crafts store for anyone who doesn't know what Michael's is. And it's around the corner from our house. So Michael's is like a big deal here in our household. <laughs> so they sell toys, um, mainly arts and crafts, but my kids go in and they are allowed to take from their allowance one item once a month when we go. So Rio had a really hard time in there and he's just could not for the life of him. He saw all of these toys that he saw in an ad and was trying to pick one out. But you know what? Again, I think like having, trusting them and having some, a little bit of independence and explaining, I explain things very much. So I talk things out like they're adults and I'm like, look, you're spending your money. You're allowed to have one thing. I know you saw 20 on YouTube, but pick the thing you like the most and mm-hmm. we could come back and get the next one on another day. And so do they use their own money? You mentioned that yeah. quickly. So I give them, they're not allowed to touch like obviously what's in their portfolios or their trust, but I will pay so the, both kids are on payroll. So we do payroll in my company and I also put them on payroll as well. So that goes into their accounts. They get paid bi-weekly and then they can take a little bit from their payroll and then they can buy whatever it is that they want to buy once a month. And I'm curious why you have them on payroll. Obviously London, because she works with you a lot. Rio, I don't see him in as much content, but do you do that just for his future or I'm just curious. I do that for Rio's future, but also Rio does model too on the sides, but also when they are, um, whenever I'm shooting content, they get, so they get paid a salary. And then whenever I am shooting content that they are in, that is specifically for like kids or mommy and me, for example, the kids did a Nike campaign that was like, even though my team shot it, it was still usage, et cetera. It was over and over again. They'll get a bonus. So they need to be paid on payroll in order to get that bonus. And I still pay tax. They pay taxes. Oh, I see. That's so smart. And yeah, I was actually curious about all the kid content creators out there. Um, Obviously, your kids are not necessarily like YouTube kid content creators, but they are in a lot of content and they do model on their own as well. So I was always curious how parents navigated this, like with kids that are actually working and making their own money. But that totally makes sense now. 
that they have their own accounts and that they have their own portfolio and all of that. Yeah, I feel like it's very, I'm not sure if a lot of influencer moms do it that way, but I think because I started with the modeling thing and I think also FTC is going to end up cracking down on influencer kids as well. Like uh, for modeling, they have to have a permit. So even when they're on set, they can only work for a certain amount of hours or do certain things. And with that permit, they have to have a trust account and a certain percentage of the money that they are being paid or we're being paid for that campaign legally has to go into their account. Oh, I see. Right. So it's there is a paper trail of I pay them more than that percentage, of course, because what they earn is they they're entitled to it. That's their money. Yeah. And then from there, you know, again, like the trading thing comes on. We've just decided like they can earn more than it just sitting in their bank account. So we've taught them well, we're teaching London in general how to like trade. So it's I all like that. It's a family business and, you know, kids are on paper and even though the taxes are eating me alive, it's, you know, it is, it's, it is what it is, you know, it's with owning a business. I feel like I could do a whole nother episode with you on just talking about like money and kids, because I feel like you have this like down to a science, I which, do, is, I I would which love is pretty that. incredible. We definitely can get, can get on that. I think that would be fun. Oh, well, thank you, Sai, for doing this. I I think we're almost out of time. But just to end this, is there anything that, if there's like one advice for parents you could give to them, what would that be? It could be as general as you want it to be. You know what? I would just say, don't be so hard on yourselves. No one is perfect. None of us are perfect. I mean, we've all failed at least one thing in our life. And even though sometimes we look at other people, especially on social media, and it, their lives look like they have it all put together, shit's a shit show. And that's okay. Accept it. Like, that's all right. You learn from it. And and you continue to, you know, you continue to grow. It's, you know, parenting Parenting is hard. It doesn't come with a manual and or instructions. It's like I would love for the baby to pop out with some sort of manual, but you know that (laughs) it doesn't happen. So I mean, hey, if you have days where your kid is throwing a tantrum and you want to cry, it's okay to cry. Like just let it go and get back up, and like there's going to be another day. Yeah, agreed. Well, thank you so much. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Uh, you can follow me on Scout the City and um, just for, you know what, real life vlogs. I do a lot of real life vlogs on Scout the City on YouTube as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sai, and hope Thank to see you. you in New York soon. I know. I'm really hoping you come again. You're penciled in for the room downstairs. Thank you Thank so you much. Too. Bye. Talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review, and follow. It really is the best way to support the show and don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram or go to www.boomobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kid to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called Boomo Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.boomobrain.com to learn more.